listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone. Say hi, bitches. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Welcome to episode 21, where we will be jumping straight into City of Ashes and discussing the prologue, Smoke and Diamonds, and chapter one, Valentine's Arrow. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. So no recap uh, this episode, obviously, because if you're starting with the first episode for City of Ashes, um, you've already read City of Bones. And if you haven't, shame on you. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) We spent a whole episode wrapping up and recapping. So we're good. Last week's episode was the recap. (laughs) (laughs) Always wanted an entire hour dedicated to me. Yes. (laughs) And we had so much fun. (laughs) Robin, we're just going to make you read everything the next one. The whole hour will be yours. Yeah. That would be very, very boring (laughs) and bad for people's eardrums. Oh, shoot. There were a couple times when I was editing today, I had to like drop Dan. so loud spiking it was all just a solid bar <laughs> we went through like the first probably seven episodes i'm like a mouse i'm like <laughs> right yeah and you were I very quiet how to turn the volume up on the actual microphone <laughs> thank you Kristen. <laughs> and um it was by accident here i am <laughs> so i just we, want you to know before we go yes. any further the part in this are like it's a Google Doc that we share. Anyway, I'm sure we've talked about it. Where it says, say hi, bitches. We had to put that in our first ever episode because we kept not saying hi. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we would just stare at Kristen like, okay, so what do we do now? Now what? <laughs> we've got it on lock now. Yep. We're, we're 20 episodes deep. We got this. I um, almost changed the doc to say episode one, and I don't know why, just because it was the first chapter. Like, that is very wrong. <laughs> All right, so let's get into this. We open in a swanky New York high-rise penthouse, all shining marble and nightmare-inducing, nearly invisible floor-to-ceiling windows, because, no. Scary. So much, no. I have been nope. in a house in um, the west side, like mm-hmm. the West Hills that was like that. It was so creepy. I don't like it. I can't. Well, and like I can't do like the observation deck at the space. Ne- no, it's it's not okay. Mm-hmm. It's not okay. I don't like it because you never know when Harry Potter's gonna come and disappear that fucking glass, and you're gonna fall to your death. No, sounds like something Dobby would do. <laughs> right? He's trying to protect you. He's like an abusive boyfriend. Wait, Dobby the elf. I only did it because I love you. Yeah. Okay. I don't think you should blame anything on him. He seems very innocent. Hmm. Hmm. He's he, misguided. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. It, his heart's in the right place. Yeah. He's a sweet pea. You leave him alone. Leave Brittany alone. <laughs> oh, God. So inside this marvel of steel and glass is a tack turned man with white hair and an unpleasant disposition. Cough. Valentine. Cough. Right. It's very suspenseful figuring out who it was. Right. Okay, I knew who it was, but when they said white hair, I was questioning because how does he already have white hair? He's like 36. He's always had white blonde hair. Oh, it's like oh, white blonde. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, okay. It's yeah, like children it's like, of the corn hair. Yes. Got it. 
Yeah. Creepy white. Okay. And he has dark eyes. How I wish my hair would stay toned blonde. Yes. <laughs> yes. I want to know what brand of purple shampoo he's using. <laughs> Hook a sister up. So he's impatiently waiting for a young warlock boy named Elias to finish drawing a pentagram on the marble floor for your run-of-the-mill demon raising. The young warlock finishes the pentagram and begins summoning Agramon. Not to be confused with Abaddon, would it be too much to ask for an easily distinguishable demon name? Yeah, I had to reread it. I was like, okay, wait. No, not the same. Okay, good. Moving on. Right. (laughs) So I'm going to read this excerpt. Elias got to his feet and shrugged off his jacket. And nope, that's not what it says, Kristen. (laughs) Elias got to his feet and shrugged his jacket off. Despite the holes he'd cut in it, it still compressed his wings uncomfortably. Freed, they stretched and expanded themselves, wafting a breeze through the unventilated room. His wings were the color of an oil slick, black threaded with a rainbow of dizzying colors. The man looked away from him, as if the wings displeased him, but Elias didn't seem to notice. He began circling the pentagram he'd drawn, circling it countercock... circling it counterclockwise and chanting a demon language that sounded like the crackle of flames. I'm done. I'm dead. I did. I died. (laughs) We are children. Deceased. (laughs) Okay. The lines Elias had drawn on the floor burst into flames and he continued to chant as a smoky mist begins to solidify in the center of the pentagram, the tendrils of smoke growing larger, solidifying, I said solidifying twice, but I'm sorry, Uh, and two eyes appear in the shapeless blob. All I can think of when I read this was that Doctor Who episode with like the stretched skin and it was just like eyes and a mouth. Do you remember? And they're like misting her. Yeah, she's the last human. Her name's Cassandra. Oh, yes. my god! Moisturize me. First of all, it's creepy enough that I know about this because Robin's told me. <laughs> I've never seen any of this. But that is super weird. Moisturize me. She's yeah. also um, in Harry Potter. <coughs> what? The actress. It's Madame okay, the Hooch. Actress. I was like, not, not <laughs> the skin sheet. No, Madame, it's Madame Hooch. Hooch. Her name is Cassandra. No way. Yeah. So the way that she describes his wings, I always loved. I loved it so much. I was like, oh, that is the best warlock mark ever. Okay, I have a question about the wings. I'm glad you brought it up. So I imagine that they are, like, huge. I think they're pretty decent. Like, I don't know about that big, but pretty decent Okay, it just sounds like it would be very difficult to take a jacket off of them. Okay, got it off my arm. Now I got to get it off this wing somehow. And then... But they're like... They're they're like... A, they're, they're soft. They're not like angel wings, like with feathers. Oh, okay. Interesting. They're like fairy wings that are like gossamer almost. Oh. Like very thin. That does make a difference. Okay, got oh, it. Okay. I was thinking of um, that movie like with a John butterfly. Travolta. That's what I meant. Like a butterfly. Okay, okay. Um... He has magic, so he maybe he just magics it off. I was just thinking about him cutting a hole in it, and I was like, wouldn't that like run the threads? But he probably magicked a hole into it. It was and a it's jean leather. jacket. Oh, it's jean. I thought it was leather. Okay. Yeah. I imagine him looking like Rufio, by the way. Rufy. Uh-huh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. 
With like dark hair and yeah. The jacket. Yep. Awesome. Because it's a vest in my mind. It's not a jacket. Well, of course it is. It can't have arm sleeves because that's not cool. Two fourths no, of a not. jacket. <laughs> yep. Yeah. The, like the sign of a cool of a guy jacket. is that there's no sleeves on his jacket. Duh. Oh, jeez. Okay, I sound really stupid there. I understand that two fourths is one half. I just want to make it very clear. <laughs> that's an inside joke. <laughs> I was trying to ask why vests were so expensive when it's only like two fourths of a jacket. And I was like, you mean one half? Like half a jacket? Anyway. I was trying to say two thirds. It was great time. <laughs> Had to be there. We, we've given up on staying on track. Sorry. This episode's <laughs> going to be short, so you're fine. Okay. So, Agramon, it. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? Okay. Robin's being rude. That's great. She's hurting my feelers. So, <laughs> I love you. I love you more. Probably not. This is so sweet. It's all lies. <laughs> so, <laughs> Agramom. Agramom? <laughs> Agri your mom. Whatever he is. <laughs> this is absurd. What are we doing with our lives? Your mom. <laughs> Agri your mom. I know you already made it, but I had to say it. I had to. <sighs> <laughs> That's so tough. I love it. Okay. Agrimon is none too pleased at being pulled from his home dimension by the young warlock. I'm going to read their little exchange because I like the visualization. For a moment there was silence. Then the demon laughed. If Snoke... If Snoke... Fuck. If Smoke can be said to laugh, the laugh itself was caustic as acid. Foolish warlock, Agramon wheezed. Oh, okay. Foolish warlock. It's great foolish warlock Agramon wheezed you foolish didn't bring boy. me my pack of Newports <laughs> Jesus Christ camels he's just all of our moms <laughs> growing up Marlboros you yeah, sounded very emphysema-y there uh-huh. he good. says wheezed yeah yeah <sighs> okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it again with, with a voice but hopefully it's Foolish warlock, Agramon wheezed. Foolish boy. You are the foolish one if you think you can threaten me, Elias said, but his voice was trembling like his wings. You will be prisoner of that pentagram, Agramon, until I release you. Will I? The smoke surged forward, forming and reforming itself. Itself. A tendril took the shape of a human hand and stroked the edge of the burning pentagram that contained it. I can't tell you how many times I wrote the word pentagram in this fucking recap. <laughs> okay, could you so, imagine being this Argamon and just sitting there like watching TV, just like watching Wheel of Fortune, eating your popcorn, and then woo, 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 and you get pulled into right. some hotel? <laughs> like, what if he was in an important business meeting? <laughs> Leave him alone. Right. 
He's like, I just like have to get pulled into another dimension. Yeah. It's rude. You're really fucking up my Saturday night. <laughs> Disrespectful. Right. He was pooping. <laughs> I don't even know if demons. I mean, I'm sure they do. <laughs> they have to, right? They have to get rid of waste in some way. Right. They eat stuff, so. Oh, shit. Like a human hand comes out. <laughs> it's like undigested, you mean? Yeah. Like when corn, you know? It was a forsaken. Yeah. They don't digest well. No. <laughs> it just goes straight through your system. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So the smoke surged forward, extinguishing the flames as it rushed out of the pentagram like a wave of parents scrambling for the last Furby on Black Friday. (laughs) Elias screamed and chanted more spells, trying to contain the furious demon, but it was no use. Realizing the danger, the warlock boy turned to run, but Agramon was too fast, too powerful. He engulfed the boy like a surge of boiling black tar. Is how it's a, that is not an appropriate time to laugh, Robin. Just thinking of the surge, like cola energy drink. I thought you were gonna say something about that. It's fuego, bitch. <laughs> he was doing um, what was that? The blue tarantula and the rock star. Oh, oh, not a, a spider bite. Spider bites. Yes. I was like, not a Tic Tac. That's not what it was called. Tic Tacs are disgusting. Not my jam. Mm-hmm. We used to. Ugh. But I did. I do like the spider bite. Mm-hmm. I've never had that. I, I do like tarantula, whatever that is. It tastes like is. a pixie stick. It's good. Uh-huh. It's good. Anyway. Sorry. Okay. So when the smoke demon retreated, Elias was lying still, his body contorted on the floor. Valentine, utterly unmoved by the death of the child, was only concerned with whether or not the warlock's blood could still be used for his evil plan. Prick. Valentine knew that the pentagram wouldn't contain Agramon, but failed to give Elias that information. I kind of feel like this moment between Valentine and Agramon is like two villains tipping their hats to one another. Like, mm, you're just, you're about as evil as I am. I appreciate you. It's like, well played. Yeah. Well played. It seems interesting, though. <clears throat> Sorry. That a warlock, like, Valentine would know more about these sorts of things than a warlock would. He's a child. But I think that's why I he, guess that's yeah, true. He, that's why he hired the boy, because no one else probably would, because yeah. they would have that mm-hmm. knowledge. Good point. <clears throat> what a So he was just using him, because he couldn't summon him on his own. Dude, Be- because he... Yeah, because we do uh, learn in this chapter that he can't speak the demon languages, which is why he needs a, a warlock, because he can't summon them without the demon languages. Right. Okay. I didn't put that together. Thank you. Yeah. Which, and I did not put the the name of the demon language in here, because I can't pronounce it. Like, all the other words in Cassandra Clare's books. Yes. <laughs> So, not one to waste time, Valentine gets right to the point. He tells Agramon that since he holds the mortal cup, he's now the demon's master. And the demon replies with, yes, my lord, and waits for him to reveal his name. And he says, you can call me Valentine. But we already fucking knew that. You can call me V-Tang. I don't, why? (laughs) Um, (sighs) Sorry, what were you going to say? No, it's okay. I don't under, school me, because I'm having a Mm -hmm. moment. It's late. Or I also don't know. Why mm-hmm. does him having the mortal cup make him the demon's master? Tell me why. Because whoever has the cup can control the demon. 
the cup gives them that power. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. okay. Whoever's like holding the cup, or it's just yeah, like whoever known has possession that he of the has cup. possession, so he doesn't have to actively be in his hands. I I don't know if it's on him or not, but I guess. Yeah, I guess. Why would you? It's know whoever that? has possession of yeah, because then they can. It's on the chain. Flavor, flavor, flavor it. I won't stop with that joke. He's wearing a clock. It's so funny. Well, he was playing with something metal in his pocket, but we never get to see what it is. I'm assuming it's like a ring or something. Oh, my gosh. So that was a pretty short um, prologue. However, I think it gave us a lot of information. We know that Valentine is up to something. We know he needs this child shadow or not a shadow hunter (laughs) this warlock child's blood for some reason and he needs this big bad demon agramon who i'm assuming is a greater demon because i just don't see a lesser demon being able to get through a a pentagram like that but surprising that he was able to summon a greater demon right but okay so is he actually there or is this like abaddon where it was he was not actually there I don't think it's his physical for I think it's the same thing where it's his what is it not corporal incorporeal form okay I can't pronounce that word because I've never said it out loud <laughs> <laughs> I could spell it <laughs> it's his hologram yes. yes okay got it well it's interesting to see where valentine's gonna take it next and how he's gonna accomplish that obviously he doesn't have anyone on his side anymore so well everybody died i know but we don't know if he has like secret circle members that's true again like underground yeah i forgot that the circle was huge Mm -hmm. keep forgetting that it's huge it's gonna be big (laughs) it's gonna be huge It's going to be the biggest circle you've ever seen. It's going to be the greatest. Other circles are going to be envious of the circle. There's going to be exactly 360 degrees in the circle. <laughs> he wouldn't know how much the circle is. Well, this joke is unrealistic. All, all the rest of the circles are 360. He's going to full 400. That's way better. Oh, my gosh. That was great. <laughs> M&M's back. It's cold in my house. <laughs> Slim Shady over I'm here. I'm Bunny. What, rabbit? Did <laughs> you just Bunny? <laughs> Did you just eat mom's spaghetti? I wish, dude. I want my mom to make me breakfast so freaking bad. Oh, yeah. I want someone to make me breakfast, too. I miss going out to breakfast. Me, too. Yeah. That's my favorite meal to go out me to. Me, too. Faux show. <sighs> Okay, well, we start off um, with Jace, Isabel, and Alec in an elevator. And Jace and uh, Alec are arguing about what they called a run-in. And they had just had with, again, this is going to be hard to pronounce, a dragon a day? I'm assuming. That's as good as I would have tried. Yeah, dragon a day, demon. So apparently. A dragon a day. The day is dragon. Yep. <laughs> A dragon a day keeps the doctor away. It's, it's Wednesday. <laughs> the day is dragon. Yeah. Well, and that's kind of the, what they're arguing about because either Jace knew about something. So basically, he Jace had told Alec that they were, I was going to say discontinued. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Extinct. Yeah. 
and yeah. then they kind of bicker back and forth and he's like i they were almost extinct no biggie You're mostly extinct yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not extinct enough for alec yeah that's my favorite uh, this is why i love alec so much because he's the only one that's like realistic he's like what the fuck that's that <laughs> sounds like me <laughs> i need all of the facts literal right? facts <laughs> Uh, so when they get home, they are they're kind of talking about um, that if Maris was there, she would kill them because they're tracking mud in and stuff. And then they kind of look up, and there she is, and standing in the doorway, <laughs> and she just sounds like an evil villain lady that's super skinny legs on a cartoon, and um, her waist is super tiny, and she's just like crossing her arms, just like giving a mean mug, and <laughs> that's just what I envision. Anyway, so she's standing there. And um, doesn't seem super stoked to see them, which I think is crazy. We meet Max and learn that he is Alec and Isabel's younger brother, but no Robert. He's still in Alicante. So, again, this is the first time that we everything since everything went down with Valentine that she has seen her children. Um, And from the sounds of the way Alec is healed, because he was able to go into this little battle with this dragon demon um, that he's healed a bit. So it's been a while. It's taken her a while to get home. And I'm curious why Robert stayed. Is it, do you think it's because Valentine's like starting some shit? I have a lot of questions. Answer them now. Tell me everything. I don't need to read the book. (laughs) Okay. So, so we did know last book that they were going to be home in four days. Um, And this was right around the time of the Abaddon attack. And then the Abaddon attack happened the same day that they, the werewolves, you know, converged on Renwick's island. That was all in the same day. Okay. So, because that happened earlier. Yeah. And then by that evening, they were already on their way to Renwick. Yeah. Even That's true, because they just got back. Yeah. They just got back and then, yeah. Okay. So, um, so I think it's been a couple of days, but I mean, just, I guess, yeah. I guess I just got the feeling it was was like the one that healed him. Oh, that's right. Okay. Okay, he didn't have to heal normally like we would. Right. I mean, and I don't, I don't, I can't remember how long this was, but I don't think it was very long. Okay. Because the epilogue was what, a couple of days after? I think so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> we're I don't terrible know. at this. It's also, it's the- yeah, it, it's also interesting. Like, you would think Robert would be, I guess you, I was going to say FaceTiming with them, but I guess it was 2006. Just, I don't know. I'd be worried about my kids. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like maybe there's a different, um, not that the shadow hunters, shadow hunters don't love their kids, but I think maybe it's a different. Yeah, I guess you're right. It, the culture's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're all alive, and so I guess you're right. That's a good point. At least they're not Spartans leaving their babies out to die. Aww. Right. <laughs> well, <laughs> on that note, I'll move on. <laughs> But yeah, no, you're right. Maris comes across as like super cold. Yes. In in this first, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, she's clearly irritated that they're getting into more shit after all the Abaddon stuff, and um, you know, Alec was injured, and uh, it's I don't know. She just doesn't seem super stoked to see her kids, and it makes me sad. So Alec uh, Max comes out and is really excited to see Jace. He clearly looks up to the best shadow hunter of his age, <laughs> and Maris is like, no, dude. We're not liking Jace at the moment. Go away. And she tells Isabel and Alec to take Max to his room and then tells Jace to go clean himself up and meet her in the library. 
Alec can see what's going on and tries to defend Jace. He tells her that uh, what happened wasn't his fault. And if Jace is being punished, they should all be punished equally because they all did the same things. And Maris disagrees. Yeah, because she was there. (laughs) So I know. So, so far, I'm really sad for Jason, frankly, Isabel and Alec, too. They've been through so much without any parental guidance, especially without Hodge being there, because I I assume they're used to um, their parents being gone, but Hodge is usually there to guide them. And I know that Mm -hmm. they're like 16, 17, 18 years old, whatever, but they need the love. I guess you're right, though. Like, Shadowhunter culture Mm -hmm. is different, so... It's just, I don't know. As a mother, it's hard for me to imagine being away from my kids for that long. What it sounds like for that long. Right. And then them going through stuff, you know, so. so. The epilogue is three days after okay. Valentine left. All right. That's what I thought. Okay. Which means okay. Maris must have taken longer to get home than they originally had said. Because originally they said she was going to be three days for her to get home. But the epilogue is three days later. Uh-huh. I thought it was four. Okay. Four three. It's it but does yeah, seem weird know. that they're already going out and getting into more. Okay, demon this stuff. is what I was thinking. I yeah. think City of Ashes starts the day after the epilogue. Yeah, is what I I'm so. so that would be four my, days then. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense because portals. Yeah. Right. Well, and just the way um, I have some of it in my section of kind of. The dynamics of things it just doesn't make sense mm-hmm. yeah. well i mean even a commercial flight from germany or france or whatever you know like if they just hopped over to the next country to new york you can do that in a day yeah i mean jace can see <laughs> alicante from his bedroom in that little piece right of mirror so i just don't know if it's super important to her honestly like it's crazy. Yeah, they have Her more important kids are almost, I think in there, like, they're almost 18. They're almost adults. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, maybe she wanted to feel important in Alicante. Well, and I'm sure for us, it's like we dug into this, you know, for months, basically, too. Mm-hmm. Me personally, obviously. And um, for her, it probably is just, oh, my gosh, they got into it with this greater demon. And then this Valentine stuff happened. But all this Clary stuff and everything really didn't have to do with Isabel and Alex. So I guess not much actually happened to her kids. So Right. And, and as long as they're alive, that's the best yeah. that they can hope for. Like, the they're constantly in danger anyway. So I guess it's, it's not that big of a deal mm-hmm. because they they've trained their children their whole lives in order to do this because that's their job yeah when Isabel and Alec weren't even at the werewolf thing at with Valentine so yeah you're mm-hmm. right well thank you I feel better now for them because I was well, very she's sad. still a bitch <laughs> yeah don't worry mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> definitely still cold okay good <laughs> uh, so next we go to Clary's point of view which I love I'm sure this won't continue unless the two of them don't really cross cross paths throughout the book at any point which would suck but um, because we need to know the drama between the two, Jace and Clary. I'm ready. Right. I'm ready <laughs> to see the awkwardness. I really want to know the awkward drama. Tell me everything. So Clary's at Simon's house watching anime and munching on some chips. Typical teenage stuff. Cute. Everything is back to normal. Except her mom is in a coma. Okay? Stop it. <laughs> I guess she gets to have a little relief, but it's still <laughs> just acting like everything's cool. Right. Yeah, she starts to think about when she took Jace to see Jocelyn. She had hoped that his voice would bring him her back, but sadly it did not. And I just 
super sad, super sad for Jace. He just stood there standing, unable to speak, and Clary lost it. She yelled at him, and they got into it, and he took off. <laughs> it's very sad. This is, okay, it's a very depressing start to this book. Yeah. I guess it kind of has to be a little bit, because that's where it ended, sort of. Well, the yeah, and they're one. dealing with, like, the consequences of everything that happened in, in the previous book. But this is, like, it, it's almost like we're going back to ground zero with Clary's immaturity. It's like, what do you fucking expect? This guy has thought his entire life that his mom, like, was dead. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, his world gets flipped, turned upside down. <laughs> <laughs> And he's expected to just be like, oh, this is your mom. Come grieve her as, you know, oh, you do have a mom. She is alive, but she's in a coma and you can't see her. Like, how many, like, he's already emotionally unstable as it fucking is. What else do you expect him, like, this stress and trauma being put on him? Like, how do you expect him to act, you little brat? Yeah, it seems like she just expects him to still be the strong one and know what to do. Right. And not to mention, he's got all these feelings that he's like trying to like figure out. And stop having. Right. <laughs> and she's like, face the fact that you're my brother. Come on, call her mom. Like, <laughs> Mommy dearest. I was going to say that. <laughs> and he's like, I'd rather not. Yeah. Because I still want to bone you. Okay, so I know, yeah, exactly. So I know, I, I just feel bad for him. I know he's really tough, um, but he has nobody right now, really. He's he's kind of alone. Isabel and Alec are clearly there for him, but if their parents won't let them see him for some reason or, you know, whatever would happen, he would literally be alone. So it's like, right. I don't know, it's super sad. So anyway, back to when Jace was at the hospital, Luke said something hilarious after Clary and Jace um gotten to that little spat at the hospital although I don't think it was meant to be funny I don't know (laughs) he says that's the first time I've seen you act like brother and sister (laughs) awkward and Clary so I'm gonna read the little thing here so Clary said nothing in response there was no point in telling him how badly she wanted Jace not to be her brother you couldn't rip out your own DNA no matter how much you wished you could no matter how much you wished it would make you happy no matter how much it would make you happy. <laughs> so she clearly still has feelings for him, which makes sense. You can't just shut that shit off. But gosh, right. Awkward. I mean, she spent a whole week falling in love with him. You can't just <laughs> flip a switch. God, again, it was only a week. You're right. <laughs> they do have shared trauma, though. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I get it. It's crazy. Well, and it doesn't seem like she's really ever liked anyone before. From the sounds Mm-mm. of her. So I think it was a big moment for her. No, he, first he's the first hubba hubba. Yeah. She's been like, she was like, a wooga with the hard eyes. Yeah. <laughs> His rippling muscles that we were just talking about. <laughs> Opening a soda can. Yes. <laughs> so Clary tries to tell herself um, that she's at least comfortable staying at Simon's house. She felt at home. And I just have to point out, one of the posters on his bedroom wall is Rock Solid Panda. Wasn't that one of the names he was thinking of for his own band? I thought so. Because yeah. I remember screaming, Rock Solid Panda! Yeah. Like, I remember doing that. <laughs> Maybe she made a band poster for him. 
Maybe. Oh, yeah, because she's an artist. Mm -hmm. I doubt it. It's been four days. Or it might be a poster for, like, a gig they played. When Maybe they name. decided that is their name or was or something. Yeah. Interesting. It's in constant flux. <laughs> okay. Okay. So Simon changes the channel to something random and finds um, that it's the old black and white Dracula movie on TV. Clary starts joking about the production until she notices Simon looking a little sick and he leaves the room. She didn't realize that she had been thinking about herself so damn much. Typical Clary that she hadn't noticed Simon didn't seem super happy either. Once again, she's not thinking about Simon. She's using him for she's his house. She's not about anybody. Yep. Why are you flipping us off? I'm just scratching my eye. I'm sorry. It just would fit <laughs> underneath there. Yeah, she's not nice. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine. I think that I'm pretty um, empathetic, I guess. Mm -hmm. I can't be imagine. I can't imagine being that self-absorbed. I know. Right. I would con I'm constantly concerned about what other people are feeling and thinking. Yeah. Just, it is weird. And I don't know, like, where is it coming from? You know, she's very alone. So you'd think that you, it's not like I have so many friends. I don't really care what he thinks sort of thing. He is your only friend and you give no shit. I, th <laughs> I think she has old only child syndrome. Okay. I, I think that's the thing is all the attention has always been on her. It's always been about what she wants to do, you know, on her own, in her own pace, at her own time. You know, she doesn't really think about having somebody else there that you have to like consider their feelings. I mean, it was just her and her mom. Yeah, that's true. So I'm imagining her mom also. I can't imagine what I would do if I lost one of my children. Mm -hmm. But I'm assuming she's very much over um, compensating. Oh, yeah, yeah projective sure. and uh -huh. spoiling her. Doting, yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Clary. Yeah, definitely. Sad. It's oh, very show. sad. We ready? Mm -hmm. okay. Are you ready? I just didn't want to cut anybody off. That's all. Thinking about you. Thank you. So considerate. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys. You're the opposite of Clary. You're a Simon. <laughs> so <clears throat> we get the pleasure of being back in Jace's, Jace's narrative again. And um, he's reflecting on the shit show of a week he's been having and getting ready to meet Maris in the library. He's kind of doing this broody, angsty, teen, crying in the mirror thing. Whatever. <laughs> he's been checking there. out his abs. I've been there. <laughs> Not checking out my apps. has <laughs> never happened. <laughs> so we get this kind of bittersweet moment where he's reflecting on this sweet tea drink that Hodge used to make out of night blooming flowers. And it sounds like maybe to me it was what they gave to Clary when she woke up from her coma. Because mm -hmm. it um, helps basically kill your hunger pangs and kind of get you whatever. So he's been trying really hard to recreate it, but he hasn't had any luck yet. Kind of like my journey to find the perfect tasting coffee at home. It's easy. Yep. It's not Hazelnut coffee creamer and Folgers. It's a perfect at-home mm -mm. coffee. No. No. Yeah. Tons of Splenda, mixing. splash of cream, Starbucks Splenda. coffee. I've gotten the Starbucks breakfast blend, mm -hmm. Snickers creamer, and two oh. spoons of sugar. Sugar and creamer? Well, Isn't the creamer sweet enough? Listen. No. The sugar, to me, really cuts the acidity. So it makes my stomach less upset. Okay. And no, it's not huh. sweet enough with just the creamer. It's crazy. I would rather drink black coffee with sugar, like with Splenda, than coffee with just creamer. 
Oh. Yeah. That's so weird. It's not, uh-uh. I don't like Splenda in my coffee because it tastes funny. Oh, I love it. Love me some Splenda. I get it at Costco. I mean, I'll, I'll drink black so coffee with sugar if that's all there is, but I prefer creamer. Yeah. Sugar is not sweet enough for me. <laughs> Once I've been working at home, I can't go get coffee in the morning, you know? Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sidebar. Okay. So Jason's obviously nervous and kind of working himself up and down at the same time, fondly awaiting um, Maris's comments on her distaste of how long his hair has gotten <sighs> and how the Lightwoods in general have always treated them as their son since his father faked his own death. <sighs> Could you imagine the anxiety he is feeling right now? This is the only family that's ever truly loved him because when he came to them, he came from an abusive home that he thought was normal. And now he got to see that these people like this is what love is and all of that. And now he's like, what are they going to do? Oh, I couldn't even I would be so fucking stressed out. I honestly feel like he's probably thinking, did these people ever love me? Which. Or is it they're going to take it all back? Yeah. Now that I'm this evil dude's yeah, son. Yeah, which Robin's going to get there. I'm sorry, but that's how no, I would okay. be thinking. What I would be I thinking. think he's trying to just be like, oh, ha, ha, cut your hair, hippie, da, 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 da. And I think mm-hmm. there's a part of him that wants to maybe think that it could be a positive meeting. with You know, like he, right. she's wanting to praise him for what a good job he did. And for not going with Valentine and for blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then right. in the back of his mind, he's like, well, her demeanor, her this, her, you know, it's really right. hard. Yeah. So Jace has a Clary moment and wonders if anything that has ever happened in his life has ever been true. Um, he thought he was an orphan. Wrong. He thought he was an only child. Wrong. Because there's a uh, Clary. <laughs> And Jace takes a last look at his bit of portal in the mirror shard. And I can't. I don't know why I wrote that in there. Read it. Do I it. I keep do wanting it. to say meat. And I don't know why, but there you go, portal meat. And. <laughs> piece Weird. of meat. I don't know. <laughs> Hunk a portal. Hunk a portal. A portal house. <laughs> That's bad. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, sorry. Um, I didn't reread this, so I couldn't take out all the weird shit. <laughs> no, me neither. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine, I mean. So he looks at his porterhouse and heads off to meet his doom in the library. And Jace is super confused and worried on his way down, as we've discussed, because Maris has been very obvious that something is eating away at her when they met in the hallway. And he enters and Maris is sitting in Hodge's chair by the fireside. And she gets startled by Jace because he comes in like a cat. Um, and she just starts right into him. Um, he's sorry. Jace starts right in on her. Good. Working Maris. <clears throat> willing her to remember this old French lullaby that she used to sing to Alec and Isabel when they were younger and scared. Do you think he starts there because he wants to start off like making her chill a little bit? Because he's obvious she's upset. I think he's trying to remind her that, like, he was just a little boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, remember when you didn't love me as much as you loved them? Right. <laughs> Mem- you Maybe remember. I can guilt you into keeping me. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, throughout 
my little section. I have a couple chapter reads just because, um, I don't know, I thought it was important. So um, bear with me. So she says, um, I don't know why you would remember something like that. She looked at him as if he'd accused her of something. You never sang to me. There was a barely precipitable pause. Then, oh, you, she said, you were never afraid of the dark. What kind of 10-year-old is never afraid of the dark? Okay, first, wow, right in the feelers. Mm -hmm. Second, let's break this down. In Jace's point of view, Maris is literally the only mother he's ever known. Mm -hmm. And in Maris's point of view, Valentine is manipulating and Jace is a product of his father. So she's not going to be swayed and lulled by his BS. I don't know. I just, being Maris, I can't imagine. And maybe she's just colder. Obviously, she's colder than we are. She just does not have that motherly senses that we do. But I would just... I cannot even imagine how sad I would feel knowing that he heard me singing to my kids and I never came to do that for him. I would just be so sad. Okay. So my point of view, it, I'm, I'm trying to put myself in Maris's shoes. So she was manipulated by Valentine. She was brought into the inner circle and he made her feel special And she trusted him with everything. And then she realized, you know, that it was all a lie, basically. Right. And so she's looking at this boy who wormed his way into her heart and wondering if it was all fake, too. Like, I'm thinking from her point of view, she's being cautious because she's like, well, what if you what if this was the whole plan all along? Yeah, She's like been there, done that. Right. What if you, you know, because you are charismatic and you made me love you. And what if this is just the same thing and you're just waiting to stab me in the back or use me for something? So I, I can understand why she would want to be protective. But yeah, that whole line about like you were never afraid of the dark. Yeah, because he put on a front. But right. Like, she shouldn't have trusted that. Like he's still a little boy. Yep. His He watched his father die right in front of him and he don't think you should treat him with kid gloves literally <laughs> right it's crazy yeah it's kind of sad yeah okay it is sad it's yeah it's very sad. sad yeah i just can't imagine i feel like obviously we know more because we're mm-hmm. in people's heads and we were there through the whole thing and i mean chris and i know no mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. even as a first time reader like maybe cassandra claire is trying to deviate and twist and make it seem one way we don't know what her style and her arc's gonna be or i mm-hmm. guess jace's arc not her arc but at this point what we know in the book that we've read so far is jace is genuine mm-hmm. and it just like i can't imagine this being our only maternal figure yeah mm-hmm. and then having you know so he's put her on this pedestal mm-hmm. whether she knows it or not right and she's right. just like looking at him with so much disdain it's got to be horrifying Mm -hmm. and suspicion like could you imagine one of your parents who you love looking at you like you might be dangerous to them like like they can't trust you like oh what a knife to the heart yeah Yeah. it really hurts my feelers yeah sure that was want to give him a hug (laughs) so maris tells him to 
quote, sit down, Jonathan. And he purposely slowly walks over to sit down to annoy her and asks her not to call him that. And she just like cuts right into him, interrogating him about how long he's known about Valentine. And this bitch very bluntly tells him, no, no, I don't believe you. Piss on you. Blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And obviously he's super offended as anyone would be and is devastated that she doesn't believe him who for all, sorry, who for all in her point of view is her son. Like he's thinking like, I'm your son. Yeah. Believe Mm me. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So she can't wrap her head around um, how Jace couldn't have known that V-Tang wasn't actually Michael Wayland. And she's sick to think that um, he, Valentine, basically planned out a cold-blooded murder in order to pillage someone else's entire life. She's basically in word vomit mode, telling Jace he never did look like Michael, but some kids don't. And now that her eyes are open, she can see Valentine in all his heinous glory staring back at her. <sighs> so again, I, I, I hate Maris so much in this scene. There's like I understand being hurt and being scared and I mean she's also got to be thinking about she's already on thin ice with the clave like that her betrayal doesn't just go away after years of service it's always a stain on her and so now she's been raising Valentine's child and now it puts not only her neck, but her entire family's neck on the chopping block. Because okay. as we know, the clave is not fucking forgiving. So I'm sure she's scared about what this means. And she's obviously not handling it appropriately. Um, she's clearly trying to take it out on Jace. Mm-hmm. But like, ah, I just hate her in this moment. It just She just pisses me off. It's almost like... It sounds like a conversation that her and Robert would have together. That's what I was thinking. Right. That she would have you already know, done, unloaded all of this on him. Uh-huh. And then they would have come to a decision together and decided how they were going to talk to him or what they were going to do. But it seems like she's just like, basically, I don't know if you've ever been there, but been heated and everything just in this and this and this mm-hmm. and this and this. And yep. She was thinking know. about it the whole way home. And so she just has all these bullet points. Right, mm-hmm. instead of you, you screaming in the car on the way home. Mm-hmm. Right. So then when you get she, home, it's you know, all out. She probably took one of those silent brothers' carriages <laughs> all the way home. It took her fucking four days. Right. <laughs> to fly over the Atlantic. Okay, so she says to him, I says, I says, the way you're looking at me, that defiance, you don't care what I say, do you? But he did care. All he was good at was making sure that she couldn't see it. Would it make a difference if I did? She set the glasses down on the table beside her. It was empty. And you answer questions with questions to throw me off, just like Valentine always did. Maybe I should have known. So I put a little thing in here, which I think we kind of talked about it. But what do you think is going through her head right now? She is scared, embarrassed that she didn't know, or is she facing an inquiry at work? (laughs) Okay, nerd. Um, I just want to know why he doesn't want to um, let her know that he cares. Why is he afraid of looking weak or something? Because he obviously deeply yeah. cares for the Lightwoods. 
I well, I think it's his way of protecting himself from getting hurt because if she knows she cares, then she knows she has the power to hurt him. And that's so he was only with his dad until he was 10, but the lessons that his father taught him were li- quite literally beaten into him. Mm-hmm. And when a child, you know, that that birth to 10 range is where they really solidify a lot of their habits. And so if you go through trauma during that age, that's going to stay with you and it might not be something that you consciously do or even know why you feel the need to do it but like that whole protecting and not showing his emotions I think that's from his time with Valentine and just he he couldn't because if he showed emotion then that was seen as weakness and then it results in hurt yeah and she has a tool (laughs) to use against him sort of thing why are you Napoleon dynamiting the falcon story oh the falcon story (laughs) yeah to love is to what did he say uh to love is to destroy, I think. To be destroyed. Yeah. Something like that. So, I mean, I think it's just his his way because he can't be vulnerable. He's incapable. He doesn't have the emotional maturity. Yeah. He's got the emotional maturity of a teaspoon. <laughs> Sorry, I kind of repeated our topic, but get over it. Yeah. No, I think, I think you're right, though. I think she's a little embarrassed that so she didn't realize it. And... Um, I think Kristen had a good point that the Clave knowing that she's raising Valentine's child might be not only embarrassing, but scary. Mm-hmm. Because if she yeah. is questioning Jace, I'm sure people are questioning her. Oh, yeah. Right. So. And she knows Jace and they don't. Right. Right. She has his charisma and all that other stuff to kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Jace tells her that he's the same kid from seven years ago. And if she never saw beating tendencies, then why would she now? But she just keeps plowing forward, not even acknowledging his responses at this point. And um, wondering how, when describing Michael Wayland, Jace could have been thinking in any way that they were talking about Valentine, his father. And Jace is like, well, to be fair, you were never really specific. Like, you could have been talking about Joe Schmo. Mm-hmm. And she wants to know about pictures. Um, you had to know that it wasn't the same guy. And he's like, dude, you fuckers destroyed everything in the uprising, you know, because you were embarrassed about joining a race cleansing cult. <laughs> That's the tea. Thank you for the reminder of that, though, basically, because as I was reading, it, I was like, yeah, didn't they have any pictures at the Institute or anything of Robert and Michael together? But no, no of course they didn't. And that's why Hodge told um, Clary, yeah, Hodge told Clary not to show Jace the picture that he gave her when she was snooping. Oh, right, because that is a good point. Because he knew it. I mean, I knew that, but now I'm putting it together. He must have known Valentine's plan when mm-hmm. he gave her the picture. Yeah. Yep. Which I'm surprised. Why did he give it to her then? Yeah. It seems very like. I think because if he would have said no, it would have raised more questions. Uh, that's fair. Because she asked for it, and he was like, uh. uh Okay, but don't show Jace. Special to me. <laughs> so Jace is playing like chess, checkers, whatever, and he counters every accusation with a very clear and sensible response, um, which is very like good on him. Yeah, he's, he's coming in a up very, with very good points. Well, and he's in a very stressful situation, obviously. Um, emotional, like his mm-hmm. investor. Anyway. It's sort of that rambling. situation where I would later be like, I should have said that, like when I'm in the shower the next day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So he's basically 
planning on urging Maris to just believe Jace for the sake of the fact that he's Jace. And um, ultimately, she can't do that because her hypocritical ass says that she can't afford to trust anyone whose influence Valentine has touched. I, mm. Okay, so I think the reason... I, I'm not... I mean, I'm, I'm upset with Maris because of, you know, the way she's asking and the way she's kind of, I mean, she's questioning everything about this boy that she's raised. And that's very frustrating. But I can understand where her point of view comes from. Like, like I, I can understand what her fears are and, and kind of like that. The thing that is unforgivable to me, and it always, it just makes me want to hulk out and just freak out is when adults refuse to even listen to the teenagers or the children or whatever like they they just bulldoze them and don't let them have a voice that is something that just makes me crazy and I think that's why I just Maris just I I want to just chop her head off I don't know I don't like her we're in a fight (laughs) (laughs) so for me I'm thinking Honestly, it's been so long since I've read this book. So just, Mm -hmm. but as of right now, Jace is 17. He's almost 18. He's almost an adult. And it seems like she could have got all this crazy ass spiraling anger shit out with Robert and sat down and said, Jace, I know that we've taken you in. You've been here for the last, since you were 10, you know, seven years. You're like a son to me, but you being here is could potentially be bad for Max. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And until we figure out what's going on with Valentine and he's caught, I I can't risk it. Yep. Right. And he would have said, okay, I understand. Because he clearly cares about having a conversation. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think he totally would have got it and understood where she was coming from and her point of view instead of her sitting there attacking him. Like Mm -hmm. it's Adriana is learning how to deal with problems saying I, instead of you. Mm-hmm. And she is in third grade. Like, come on, Maris. Yep. Learn how yeah. to talk. But she has a dysfunctional relationship with her husband who it didn't even come back to deal with this shit and just sent her. Well, it's like, obviously, she doesn't have a bestie that she can kind of like. I was just going to say that because I not only would have gone over this with Andy, I would have gone over it with you guys also. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like when I text you guys on Friday and I yeah. was like, I need to fucking vent. <laughs> Because I'm losing my shit. It's hard, man. Being a a member of society. I was going to say a parent, but it's not even that. Being a productive member of society is freaking hard. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. hard to do that alone and not to feel like you have an outlet or a connection with somebody. It doesn't even matter who it is, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Maris is very lonely. Mm-hmm. Which obviously we 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 know a little bit more. but um, Right. So I think one of the flaws, again, is not. I can't imagine she's talked this out with somebody. The yeah, only person no. she's had this conversation with is in her own mind. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then now, right at this moment with Jace. And if she mm-hmm. could have just acted, treated Jace like an adult and acted mm-hmm. like an adult herself, a lot of hurt could have been avoided. Because yeah. I really think that he would have left willingly and understood. Yeah, if she would have treated him with respect. But she didn't even respect him enough to listen to what he had to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. GTFO Maris. Yeah, it's almost like she went to Robert and was like, I'll handle this. You stay here. Exactly. I got this shit. And she just 
took off. But she didn't. She was there for days still, I imagine. Unless she took a slow boat. Right. <laughs> Broje's like, we ride at midnight. <laughs> I'll send a carriage for I'll you. I'll be there in three days to pick you up. <laughs> so, their little spat ends with her saying, there were only ever two kinds of people in the world for Valentine, she said. Those who were for the circle and those who were against it. The latter were enemies and the former were weapons in his arsenal. I saw him turn each of his friends, even his own wife, into a weapon for the cause. And you want me to believe he wouldn't have done the same thing with his own son? She shook her head. I knew him better than that. For the first time, Maris looked at him with more sadness than anger. You are an arrow shot directly into the heart of the clave, Jace. You are Valentine's arrow, whether you know it or not. Insane. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we pick back up at Simon's, where Clary's searching for him, and they wind up in the kitchen. And he's bent over the sink, splashing water on his face. And um, so she starts rubbing his back, the buddy pat again. <laughs> and um, she noticed that his spine is extra nubby. <laughs> Just all kinds of weird, but I get it. And um, she's like, huh, nubby spine. I wonder if Simon's lost weight. And uh, she asks him. He's already skinny. Right. (laughs) So she asks him, like, sup, dog, you cool? And he's like, yeah, it's fine. Um, But Clary, who's now finally unplugging from her own doom and gloom, keeps poking and um, she's asking basically were you triggered by the movie <laughs> and he was like hashtag triggered okay really quick before you move on <laughs> does splashing water on your face actually help you calm down I've seen it in movies it can. I can't that just would give me more anxiety I think me too well it depends on like how you're upset like if you're upset where like to where your face gets red because sometimes like if I'm having like if I'm starting to have like an anxiety attack come on, I'll get really flushed and like my I'll feel like hot and sweaty and like kind of yeah. clammy. So like splashing water on my face or something kind of helps like bring you back down and helps ground you a little bit. Okay. Cool you off. I think I'd rather take a like a wet rag and put it over my eyes. Like a warm. Mm. Yeah. I don't want my hair to get wet cuz it like I don't like wet clothes. I don't like wet hair. I just ugh. laying down helps me. Mm-hmm. Focusing. Because I start, um, my throat feels like it's closing. Mm-hmm. That does instantly, like, and I can't breathe. Yeah, my yeah, yeah. my chest, yeah. my lungs get tight. And then I'm, uh-huh. like, <gasps> trying to, like, take in a deep breath because I feel like my lungs don't inflate all the way. Hey, guys. <laughs> well, then, um, we're a mess. Are you okay? Are you okay? Are you? Stop talking to me. Leave me alone. Yeah, you're not helping. I've said I need Trust me, space. in my head, I'm, like, planning to have a stroke because, like, I'm, I know it's definitely coming. Like... <laughs> In my, my head, I'm like, oh, working. it's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, there's going to be a blood clot in my leg, and it's going to go to my lungs, and I'm going to die. <laughs> like, <laughs> Cancer's caught up with me. Oh, shoot. <laughs> yes, the cancer that you, you didn't know you had after you've gone to the doctors however many times. Yep. But they definitely missed it. You're one of those cases, and they're going to talk about you on the news. It's true. That shit scares me. And now our listeners know what it feels like to be in the si- inside the head of somebody who has anxiety. <laughs> Sorry. Sort of. 
Sort of. That's just the beginning. <laughs> right. It's the tip, it's of, just tip the... of the iceberg. Exactly. We're we're a <laughs> yeah, we're a pair, aren't we? I guess we're not a pair. We're a trio. We're a tripod. Yeah, we're a thruple. Tripod. <laughs> thruple. thruple. All those way better. <laughs> <sighs> tripod. <laughs> okay, anyway. Simon asks Clary, um, if she like do you not remember the night at Hotel Du Mort? And um she says she can, but it's a blur and focused on a time when Jace wasn't her brother, basically. Like Yeah, but Jace was whispering and standing close to me. <laughs> and she kinda leaves out that latter part in replying to Simon and um she's just like, No, it's blur and he wants to know, like, do I seem different? Does he seem different? And she's thinking about it. And she's like, well, apart from an extra welcome touch of confidence that comes with slaying a greater demon, <laughs> Simon seemed like, well, Simon. Because she's too mixed up in her own shit to even care about him. Mm-hmm. But um, now that she's kind of, I said analyzing, but basically just looking up. Just noticing. Just noticing <laughs> that he's fucking there. Being aware of life. Right. Um, she notices a bit of wariness and... Um, about him, and she's wondered if it's just the mark of knowing her own mortality. I just, I couldn't imagine. Like, like obviously, I understand how the whole hotel, hotel, hotel. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the hotel, Demort. Yes, I, I can understand why the hotel Demort is kind of like a. A blur for her because like so much happened in such a short amount of time mm-hmm. that she's probably just like I haven't even had my brain has not had time to like calm down enough to like chunk everything out and process each scenario but I just I hate the fact that she's just watching anime with Simon and yep. like just chilling out and like they haven't talked about like how he's doing with all this because she's at least a shadow hunter she at least has that like little bit to fall back on like this is just like her new normal he's still a mundane like yeah he's like talk about your feelings people why aren't teenagers talking about their feelings I feel like nowadays we talk so much more about mental health and stuff like that like I listen to the conversations that my daughter has with her friends and they're so much healthier than the conversations that like I had with my friends. Like you didn't talk about stuff like that when you were a teenager, like your feelings and, you know, stress and anxiety and all this stuff. But like they literally have classes in middle school now to like teach you about dealing with stress and wow that's cool like situations like that and how to talk to other people about it and you know making sure that it's like not a um what's the word like it's not taboo to talk about like it's everyone should be open about it and if you're having a problem or like talk to your friends and like the whole like social thing like it's like a big deal and like they send out like even now when we're like homeschooling or whatever they have like mental health classes basically that they can go on a zoom call and like talk about their stress levels and like what they're feeling and stuff that's great i don't know we've just come a long way we've come a long way yeah when i was a kid yeah which is good i mean it obviously Mm -hmm. i don't know i think that her kind of like whitewashing if you will like oh it's probably just you know, because Jay sacks like that sometimes. Like, okay, I'm probably being 
super judgy. So in the book, it also said like, oh, he looks the same as Jace does sometimes. It's probably just a mark of knowing your own like mortality. What's happening to him. Okay. Like being tired and like exhausted. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Just knowing that like, oh my God, I could have died basically. Right. Um, But I feel like, and this, like I said, this could just be me being an overly rude person at this moment. It's if she whitewashes that, then they can still focus on her. <laughs> yeah. Because mm-hmm. she doesn't need to get into it. Yeah. Well, and she wasn't in Ho- Hotel Dumort for very long. So maybe she thinks it wasn't a big deal, really, because she went through a bunch more stuff personally. But that was right. a big deal for Simon. Well, and OK, I'm obviously I'm playing my own. I hate when people say devil's advocate. I just don't like I thought it, you were going to say fiddle, so. <laughs> Playing my own fiddle. Um, they talked about it for a moment because she was asking him, like, basically, what do you remember mm-hmm. happening when they were talking about Isabel and um, when they were in her room looking at the stars on the ceiling. Oh, right, right, right. right. Yeah. So they did talk about it a little bit. And I think he played, downplayed it a lot mm-hmm. and kind of made it seem like it wasn't a big deal. It's just weird not to check back up. Mm-hmm. Or to notice that he's struggling with something. Right. Well, she's living there, too. So, yeah, she's around him a lot. Yeah. It took Dracula to bring it out. <laughs> just... But, yeah, you're right. Like, you're not, you're just going to take their first word immediately after the thing happened. And they were like, no, everything's fine. I don't really remember it. And you're just, like, not going to talk to them about it again. Right. You're right. Like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I just, ugh. We talk about the same chapter over and over again, let alone like a traumatizing experience yeah. in our lives. Well, there's no follow-up questions. No, because they were like, they had a good chunk of time, I think, where they were. Like, they it was like a whole day. day, right? Yeah. She didn't eat, which was weird. Um, <laughs> Soup's weird. Yeah. Don't do that. But it seems like like you didn't have any follow-ups after that. or Like, it's... Mm-hmm. You know, even so, he's killed Abaddon. Mm-hmm. And it's not even like, so how does killing Abaddon compare to being in the Hotel de Mort or anything? Nothing? Yeah. Like, there yeah. should have been some blank, no conversation stuff where she could have been like, so, hey, how are you doing? Like, this is a lot of crap we just went through together. And I can understand wanting to kick back and watch anime and just like, not even zone decompress out. and zone yeah. out and not think about it. But it's been like what four days we've decided. Mm-hmm. Like in like Amanda saying in that time you'd think it would have come up. Right. Yeah. Anyway. I'll get off my soapbox now. So um he closes his eyes and um Clary doesn't have to guess anymore. He knows that he's she notices that he lost weight because of his like cheekbones and stuff and um he bends down and kisses her and clary doesn't back away and allows it to get a little more pg-13 but not without comparing him to jace Uh, stop (sighs) drop (sighs) shut him down okay it's the only thing she has to compare to fair fair but that that's on her mind while they're kissing and i know it hasn't been like we were saying it hasn't been that long okay but to be honest with you i was super annoyed when this happened 
she just told him she wasn't into it not that long ago. Like, right. I feel like he is really coming on too strong. He's pushing her too much. And to me, it's very, um, I don't know. He, I think he stepped over a line, which clearly he didn't yeah. because she seemed kind of into it. But to be, yeah, when I, when I read that, I was like, whoa, dude, she just told you she wasn't into you. Why are you trying again? Stop pushing this. Yeah. So I it's don't know. like, it's like, oh, she's, she's vulnerable now and he's not an option anymore. So yep. I got to shoot my shot again. Mm-hmm. Cause of course right. she would want to be with me if she can't have him. Yeah. Right now. Like if he's, he's out the of the table. picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you, Amanda. It's Good on you. Oh, well, it's all Clary, Clary's just kind of like, I feel like she doesn't have any agency when it comes to her love life. She just like lets it happen. You know what I mean? Like she doesn't, make a choice for herself she just kind of like a boy wants to kiss her and she's just like "Mm, okay I guess this is what we're doing (laughs) buckle up right like she doesn't it's like we don't know if she really wants any of it yeah yeah Uh I mean they yeah Uh she didn't back away was how it was described yeah so who knows that's not consent (laughs) I guess she did kind of lean more in or something right or grabbed his head or something I don't know but I don't know. It is icky that she's comparing him to Jace. I agree. Back to the book. (laughs) I will stop. Right. The phone rings and startles them away. Thank God. Literally saved by the bell, Clary. (laughs) (laughs) And um, Isabel's on the other end of the line. Super upset and asking Clary if she has seen Jace because he's missing. Bum, bum, bum. Fuck. End chapter. Okay, how long do you think he's been missing before she called? A couple of hours. Yeah, probably. what would concern you? Like, he has no friends. Where would he be? Well, I, I mean, sorry, go ahead. I think, like, she can't get a hold of him, and he just found out he's Valentine's son. Yeah. Do you think like, that um, Maris kind of gave her the rundown of what she said? Probably. Or they were, like, outside listening. With the glass, yeah, and the and wall. then he he just takes off right after his conversation with Maris, mm-hmm. and then they can't get a hold of him, and he was just kidnapped by the evil or- overlord. So yeah. <laughs> that's a good. They're point. on edge. Yeah, <laughs> they have reason for concern. Oh, well, I wonder think, if they ask Maris what happened. She's like, "None of your concern, child. Go to bed, and then go to sleep, ho." <laughs> That does sound like a bitch move that she'd make. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they start calling because they, they don't listen him and to their mom. There. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird to think about calling people back in the day like that. Like she probably because they called his house phone. Right. Simon's house yeah. phone. It's just weird to think it's she probably had it written down somewhere. Not in a cell phone and stuff. It's just that we lived through book. these times. But it's just weird to remember it that way. Mm hmm. So, um. Make sure that you've read chapter two, The Hunter's Moon, for next week's episode. So exciting. Oh, my God. <laughs> for behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworld or Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.